Hey, you've made it to Sprayspace, where people managing social media accounts come for community. This year, our focus is social media for good. Together, we can work to make social media a landscape for healthy online communities to grow. Sound good? Then come along with us on the Sprayspace podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and strive to make social media better for us all. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spryspace podcast. I'm Lacey, and this week we enter into the month of April. Um, so it's spring. Happy, happy spring, everybody. Uh, this year in April, we're going to be celebrating the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. And to honor that all month long at Spry, we're going to be showcasing organizations using social media as a tool for their environmentalism. So we are starting off this month with the fantastic Joe McNeil, who's the general manager of Sage Power Authority, which is a public power authority created by the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. Now, Joe is an enrolled member of the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe and the president of Standing Rock Development Corporation. He's an activist for indigenous rights and community economic development. And us sprites are honored that we get to work with Joe almost every day as we help to build community on social media around Sage Power Authority and their Ompetui Wind Farm project. So welcome, Joe, to the show and Adrian, who works most closely with Joe. I'm so happy to have both of you here today. How are you doing? Great. Great. I'm doing great. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's a it's it's a good day. It's a good day to be alive, isn't it? Always. It's Friday. That's right. <laughs> I I love recording these on a Friday. I feel like everybody's got just a little bit more pep in their step, you know. <laughs> as we're heading out the door, can we talk about this as we head out the door? <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, Joe, I'm so excited to have you here. I always like to open our podcast with um, a question about a piece of social media content that you have seen in the last couple of weeks that brought you joy. So what do you got? I'm on IG all the time, and I don't know all the people that I scroll, but the last ones were that just cracked me up were film um, little snippets from Korea about Taekwondo tournaments, and these were tiny tots. Okay firing off and one walked over to the other and punched him and the other one took a step back and, and fell down and kicked his feet and the one who punched him looked at the referee and then he fell down oh my gosh it's so cute and it was hilarious so you know one kid couldn't handle it and then the other kid was couldn't handle the reaction and you know there it was but to me it was like that's today. That's happening so much. Adults are doing this. Yeah, next time I see you, Adrian, I'm just going to walk up, punch you in the face, and we'll see what happens. (laughs) Who knows what will happen. (laughs) I am in that mood this week. I know. You were sending me um, Instagram stories about how important revenge is. So... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like it has a bad rap. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's get to the meat of what we're talking about today, Joe. So um, I want you to start off by telling us about SAGE. What is it? What's the mission? Um, let's let's talk about that project, okay? Thank you. And I, and I appreciate you guys, you know, asking me to come on and talk about this, uh, particularly as we're looking towards Earth Month coming up. Yeah. As Lakota, um, we come from the, the large group of Teton or Tituan uh, people. And we generally inhabit uh, the woodlands in, in Minnesota all the way through the plains. And we're large people, otherwise known as the Great Sioux Nation, 
Sioux was a, a word that was put upon us by the French, uh, mm. by uh, people who were allied with our, our enemies per se. And they said that we were snakes in the ground. So somehow we ended up with that name, inherited that name and it became, you know, pretty much the title of who we are. So uh, our language, we're called, we call ourselves Lakota or Dakota or Nakota, there are three dialects of it. And that means ally or friend. Mm. How we refer to ourselves as allies. And um, I'm very proud to be born into being Lakota. My father, he's black from um, North Carolina. And my mother and father met in, North Car in um, Rapid City, South Dakota. Uh, when she was younger, she grew up here at Standing Rock uh, in Little Eagle, and when she was about, I think, 16 or 17, uh, her dad said, you can't date anybody around here. Everybody's your relative. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I had a few marriages and a few children, my brothers and sisters, and then, you know, met my father in Rapid City, and they met doing uh, civil action. So they were going as a, as a minority couple to an apartment and applying for an apartment. They would get denied. A white couple would go in after them while working for the same cause. They would get approved, so flagged. So that's how she met my father and mm. found out about his activism. So they were already activists. So, you know, you grow up in this space. And um, so that's that was kind of part of when you, when you said, you know, uh, about my activism. As, as a person of color in this country, as a um, you have to be, you know, it's not really a choice of, of or another because you're going to encounter uh, racism or, and or white supremacy through legislation, through social action, through interaction, it's going to happen to you. And how you interpret that and deal with that is entirely up to you with how you've been raised. So all that to say, that's where I came from. <laughs> okay, I love the background, thank you. You're welcome. And um, I've been home here uh, for just approaching 30 years of my life. I moved home when I was 22. I grew up uh, in Hempstead, New York and Long Island. And um, yeah, I, I came back to go to school. And we've always come home here to Standing Rock in the summers to visit our cousins and all of our relatives. Um, so um, I really enjoy being home. And it, it's, a, it's a wonderful place. All of our relatives, all of our people, we, we laugh in the face of, of uh, despair, you know, and we make the best out of the worst. And we're really rough when we tease each other. And it, <laughs> uh, because I was talking with uh, a, a friend of mine yesterday and it was like, um, if, if you can't, it's almost like a sport, you know, teasing around here. <laughs> My son would say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you got to learn how to handle it and enjoy it because it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, Sage Development Authority, to that end, um, was started by, by Standing Rock Sioux Tribe uh, a few years ago. And it is to be a response to what occurred with us with the Dakota Access Pipeline fight. So how are we going to really address climate change and make a, a, a defined answer that not just answers it for us, but for everyone else? So for us, it's finding is creating renewable energy sources that we control as a utility. 
So the tribe was very uh, specific in creating the Section 17 organization, which is a specific type of organization um, that's allowed in legislation through the uh, Department of Interior and the BIA that is an official organization of the tribe that has the same rights and uh, traits and values of the tribe, they're being tax exempt, et cetera, uh, but not in its business interactions, it has full credit to uh, accrued debt, you know, finance, mm. et cetera, but does not affect the finances or the land of the tribe. So we're in a very unique position and a very good position. And uh, we have our own board of directors and our goal and mission is to create a utility here at Standing Rock. So that in its sense in itself is a large task. We have two counties that Standing Rock sits on uh, or that are sit on Standing Rock. Um, on the north side is Sioux County, on the south side is Corson County. And um, we have two electric co-ops, rural electric co-ops that exist in each county. So we have different relationships with either, either of those. Mm. So our relationship with more Grand Sioux on the northern side is much more uh, accessible, I would say. Okay. And they're willing to work with us and talk with us about um, helping us to uh, build capacity, you know, like start billing in certain areas and certain communities so that we can gain that skill, so we can gain that strength. So that's going to be a large part of the process. It's, I say it's over 10 years when I talk to folks in communities. It's not going to happen in five years or happen overnight. We have to build the capacity in order to manage the electric utility here at Standing Rock. So our utility is charged with bringing electricity through that. We are building a wind farm. Uh, 235 megawatts on tribal land, solely tribal land, which means we have site control over all that. Mm. We are surveying for cultural sites and sacred sites, and those are very important to us. Uh, we don't want to disturb those sites where people have prayed that have been uh, prayed on multiple times over the centuries, because those are points of connection to the spirit world. And for us, everything is a church. The whole uh, the minute you wake up and take the breath of life, that spirit that's in the air and the the spirit is in the sun and the wind, you know, everything is a, re a relative and that's how we believe. So um, we transfer that belief into how we're building the uh, wind farm. So. So let me ask, let me ask um, Adrian from your perspective. I know that every time that you walk away from talking to Joe, you text me like, I just love him so much. <laughs> He's so wonderful. <laughs> so, so I just want to ask from your perspective, Adrian, what has it been like being able to work on the social media side of, um, of this Sage project and the Impetui wind farm? What, what has it been like for you being able to really be a part of this project too? Well, first of all, we have an amazing team, and I think that's that's the reason why I, I, I love working with you, Joe, is that you have assembled a, an amazing team around you. And so just everyone is collaborative and listens to everybody. And um, whenever they're, you know, it's just a great team. So first of all, from team perspective, it's great. When, when I first, I mean, at being an outsider and but coming in with my expertise in social media, you know, uh, and knowing that, you know, we were talking about talking about renewable energy and there's a certain level of of um, what do I what should I say? Just like tension around that in in our culture. 
so I was a little bit, you know, I've always been a little bit just like, okay, when are the trolls going to come? <laughs> <laughs> Where are they? I know they're out there. Um, I, just kind of bracing for it. But the, the amazing thing about working on this project is that an amazing thing about social media and that doing our, you know, carrying out our strategy is that we are very targeted with who we talk to, um, you know, just like going through all the persona work and, and all the work of the brand and talking to Joe, at, you know, about the project. I have a very clear understanding of the project. And I think that really helps put the voice and tone into our social media so that the people that are inspired by it are talking back to us. And in that sense, we haven't really had too much to work with and to, you know, we haven't had too many, um, too many problems. nasty trolls coming at you. You haven't, <laughs> yeah. you haven't had as many as you could have. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, I think for, for social media, for sure, I, I feel like just in life, right, you kind of get what you give. Uh, so if you put put good or you try really hard to put good into the world, you're most likely going to get get that back. You're not going to get always, it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows, but it generally you're going to get back good things. So I think that we're very transparent. That's the other thing that I that I think is great working with uh, Sage is that we are as transparent as possible. There's no, you know, there's no like, oh, here's what we're going to say. And then here's what we're going to actually do over here, which sometimes happens. And we talk about that over and over and over at Spry that when that happens on social media, you're going to get found out. You're, someone is going to find out that that there's a disconnect and they're going to come for you. So, so that is great. That's awesome. One of the things that I've loved, Joe, with working with you too is um, you've described before how how you want people to feel when they are taking in your content, when they're coming to your website and that kind of thing. Can you kind of describe that for us here? Um, when people are coming in contact with Sage and with Umpetui Wind Farm, what are you wanting them to feel um, when they're coming in contact with your content? You know, part of what Adrian was just talking about, uh, about trolls, we don't have much problem with trolls and probably because I'm saying this, we're going to get this now, but <laughs> yeah. I think is, is, is really about how genuine we are as not just Lakota people, but as indigenous people, you know, North and South uh, America, uh, Central America, our relationship with the earth is undisputed and how we believe about that is undisputed. So when you kind of come at a tribe and it's putting its culture first and how it's going to interact with um, creating this, it, it's not going to be 100% perfect because the technology isn't, you know, we're working the best with what, the tools that we have, you know, to create this type of, um, uh, of, of, of uh, utility. So, and we're going to be dealing and selling commercial power. And with that coming back, we're going to use that revenue to build those other renewable energy systems for our communities. So our intent is really to help our people. We're a nonprofit, so come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what can you say? And then um, it, it's just that, you know, we are who we are, and we have detractors here at home too. People don't want to see wind farm, uh, wind turbines in their, in their uh, backyard. But the real question is, well, what are your solutions then? You can come at me with your problems all day. You can talk about your problems all day, but what are your solutions? Come with those discussions 
that don't just detract, but are additive, not just, mm. you know, detractive. But I'm sorry, Lacey, I, in that thought of that answer, I forgot about your question. So tell me about what you want people to feel when they're coming in contact with your content. Oh, our relationship with the earth. You know, um, you guys are in, in, in Washington state and, you know, I'm out here and used to be on the beach and my mother and I would go to the beach and end up talking spirituality. Why? You know, because that's where we felt most spiritual, that connection to the water, that connection to the land. And so when you're out amongst the land, you, you have that innate spiritual connection. Everyone does, you know, and I, I, I say defy someone who doesn't. And if they don't, I feel sad for them. But um, it's that connection that we have to the land uh, that makes us who we are. We're all indigenous to some place. You know, your relatives came from uh, Europe. And there's those places and spaces in Europe that when you're there, you're going to feel something special that no one else can feel because it's in your genes. Uh, same like folks from Africa, folks from Asia, folks from everywhere that they're from have an innate connection to the land. And it's that spiritual root that I want people to feel when they come to our site, when they look at our webpage, when they look at our social media, that they have a place of... Okay, good. Now I'm in touch with myself. I can move on. Whatever yeah. that's either that's that sense of peace or meditative space or that's right. We're connected. And through all the mess and stress and, and strife in this world, we have to get through this place together. And so for us to be able to share that is, is something that I think is very important. I want to ensure that we're doing that consistently. So our, our let's say our culture, our teachings, our, everything that we are, our religion, spirituality, societal uh, laws and governance and language and kinship and everything is all one. It's really not separate. So our spirituality defines our relationships, defines how we interact with the earth, how we interact with one another and the land. Not that I'm going to walk on this piece of land is that I am here and Everything that is around me has respect, and we all live amongst each other. That's the, the earth, the grass, uh, the birds, the plants, and they all have a relationship. And if we study the relationship with the other beings that are here, then we better understand how to leave a better place for our kids. Right now, we're so extractive. We commoditize everything. I seen a post that was really important, is that you know when people don't respect the forest or respect uh, a forest because... Um, oh, capitalization, how capitalization is with the far, uh, capitalism is with the forest. It's only worth something in capitalism when you take everything from yep. the forest. Mm -hmm. Like a tree is worth more when you cut it down. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing that I love that working with, with Joe on your social channels, but is, is what you've mentioned, Joe, can you speak a little bit about the, um, the wind just the wind and why it's 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 for for for, for you that's i love what when you talk about that <laughs> you know our board of directors we we have a, a chairwoman and that's fawn washizi and she had, had had carried this project for a long time when she was with the tribe and then she now she's a school teacher over here at the school she's teaching third grade and then our vice chair is phyllis young and phyllis is is very good about you know talking about the spirit of the wind the spirit of the wind is a female and 
it brings that spirit to the earth. It has a relationship with the earth. And so it's, it's a dance, you know, every time you feel it, the wind is dancing with you, it brings the energy. Um, and, and our belief, the, the, from the West come the thunder beings and with the thunder beings comes the wind, not all of the wind, but comes the wind. It brings the rain, um, that gives life, you know, that nourishes life from the South, you know, comes the, the larger part of the sun where the sun is brightest during the day and that gives life and brings life. And there's a Southern winds that come there too. But these are all gifts that give energy and bring energy. And that spirit that comes with that is what we have a relationship with. Uh, it just turned spring a week ago, and we welcome back the thunders. And that's a, that happens every uh, spring and fall at equinox. Mm. So we welcome the thunders back because now the rains come. And we have a relationship with those with the thunder beings, a very respectful relationship with the thunder. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> and we have certain people who have direct relationship with the thunder beings and they have uh, a difficult life, but their charge is to help people, you know, and, and use those gifts to help folks um, get through illness, to get through tough times, you know, to speak with relatives that have passed or coming yet. So there's a lot, so much, you know, in, in our way of life to explain things, but everything's a relationship not just a happenstance like, oh, it's windy. I wish it would stop. Right. Not that it's trying to tell you something all the time, but. Right. It's just so lovely that the wind farm, you know, it makes sense. You're putting in a wind farm, you know, that's amazing. I think a lot of the problems that lead to us even needing to have conversations around environmentalism have to do with the fact that people have forgotten that they, that they are a part of the earth you know they they were not, they were not taught um in their life about where they come from and they weren't taught we feel separate we feel separate and different and that separateness is really scary and so that's where this greed comes into place right we want to secure our our own individuality we want to secure our own selves and we want to hoard for our own selves because we're afraid because we don't understand this sense of connectedness that i think indigenous and native people just know and feel and are and be and i know that i have started following a lot more native and indigenous creators on social media and I mean, from your perspective, Joe, what's it like being able to have so many social media channels now with indigenous and native creators that you get to see on a daily basis? This is so awesome. Um, there's so many females, so many women uh, led sites that are out there right now talking about crucial social issues and protections of women's rights, which are human rights. And, you know, as we believe as, as Lakota, the woman is the backbone of the family, is the backbone of the nation, you know, and the home belongs to the woman. Everything that happens in that home belongs to the woman. And when she's done with you, she takes your stuff and puts it outside the door. <laughs> Everybody knows what's going down and it is done, you know? And so uh, there's so much involved there, uh, but what's happening is I shouldn't say what's happening. What I see on, on social media is so much of a flowering of our, us being able to express and share what we know as, as values uh, that what we have, because we've been, what's the word? We've been in um, put aside, put under, put underneath, 
you know, from the time of colonization's first steps here. The goal was to eliminate the native population, the indigenous population, so that that taking could occur. You know, now we're going to build our world on this world. We're going to completely uh, dismiss and discredit what it is that you believe because it's not our values, you know, as, as uh, Westerners coming here. It wasn't their values, so they discredited the whole thing. Now, Lacey, I mean, Lacey, I mean, Adrian and I just did a piece. Uh, we're working on the Haudenosaunee, you know, talking about how the women in that government played an equal and very powerful role in, in governance and in the direction in which uh, the tribe was moving. And um, uh, those leaders, you know, were governing because they could be pulled stripped of their power, basically, and their voice uh, by the women who put them there, you know? So there's those balances that are always there. But in social media right now, everything's coming up, coming out. We're teaching more broadly, uh, not just from one tribe, like from Haudenosaunee or Lakota, it's coming from all the tribes. And I think what's really important too right now is there's a recognition that uh, folks that are Mexican or Latinx or Hispanic or any of those words those are colonial terms. Mm. They have a name, you know. Nikon Tlaca is one of them from that identifies folks from Mexico, but they're all native nations. You know, the only thing that separated us was the border. Um, and then the Louisiana Purchase and all the Mexican-American War, all these things, you know, but they went through their own colonization and destruction, you know, of their cultures as well. So there's so much that's coming out by real authentic voices from people who are putting this out there. And it's important for us because if we don't get grounded in a, a thought or belief that puts us in touch with our commonality, which is the earth, then we're going to destroy each other. We're, we're on that road, you know. Right. Yeah, one thing I was going to say that it reminded me a little bit of, so last summer, uh, during last summer when, I mean, there was COVID, everything was happening, uh, the George Floyd is murdered. And then you had all this flooding of social media where you, you had just people were talking, right? I mean, they should have been before they were before, but it was at the forefront of everyone's, uh, eyes. And so there was this kind of a movement or a, I don't know how to say it, but just like. People were encouraged to change up your your newsfeed. Go follow somebody that's not like you. And so I think Lacey, you've mentioned this before on other podcasts, but just you know, making sure that the people that you follow uh, don't all look like you or don't aren't always exactly the same as you, or even maybe think the same as you. Maybe you want to follow somebody who might be a little bit out there, but you just want to. It's good to you know, just see what everyone else is saying. And so what you're saying, Joe, is, you know, now now that with social media, you know, before we had TV and uh, popular media, which didn't have any indigenous, you know, content. There was no real way in popular culture to really learn. But now it's everywhere. And so you have no excuse to, you know, to like not learn more. Um, and so, you know, over, over the course of the year, I've definitely, uh, well, I think it's constantly for me, I'm constantly 
unfollowing and following new people uh, just because I want to know more about other people and how they do things. And I think for environmentalism, it's the same way. You know, the, you know growing up and going to college, everyone's like, you know, recycle, do all these things, which are v- great, right? They're, they're great things to do. Um, but they've been developed, these, these ideas have been developed by a certain type of person, you know, scientists and the FDA and the EPA and all these in the government have told have have created these systems which are fine but then it's like what are, what are other communities doing to like to, to work on environmentalism you know it, it's, it's just kind of open open your eyes to other ways of doing things and other people so i think that's one really great way like one really great way that social media is like helping should be helping and what's good is that there's no filter you know yeah you have to think about um, you know, 10 years ago, if we were trying to get something out on, on a, in a paper or on television or be on the news, there were only certain questions that were going to come at us and we were able to answer certain questions and, you know, they would edit things out, et cetera. So with social media, we can say exactly what it is and how it is we feel. Everyone can, you know, and hear that, take what you can that's good out of it and leave the rest, you know, that applies. We're all growing at different levels. Um, so. Yeah, that was one thing that came to my mind when you were talking about that, Adrian. You know, the filters are gone. Not really, though, in it, because, yeah, we have a tough time, tough time putting what we want out there. And we're not trying to do what other people did. We're just trying to get a message out. Yeah, we've been hitting up against a lot of things that are causing immense fire in our soul to make huge change in the social media platforms because of what we're coming up against with many of our clients who um, are primarily serving people of color. Um, So we'll see how that plays out here in the next couple months. Because the money, you know, the money is driving that conversation and, Mm -hmm. and driving or limiting that conversation. How is it affecting mm-hmm. someone's bottom line? That can't be the primary focus and force that we govern ourselves with moving into this future. You know, right. capitalism and, and the modern industrialization of this world over the last 200 years has got us to a place where we need to stop and change this because it's, we're destroying the earth for our kids. And we're yeah. leaving them, you know, a pile of plastic in the oceans and no fish. Right. So where do we go from there? So that changing of the whole system, you know, I'm not saying to upend it completely, but we really have to stop and recognize things need to change in a direction so that we can live together. Yeah, it's interesting from a digital platform perspective too. thinking about, uh, you know, working on, on stage and, and creating content, you know, for your community and we you know, we do we've mentioned before, we have had some challenges uh, with Facebook and um, technical challenges and it reminds me a little bit of do you all remember vine the yeah the social Mm -hmm. do you joe yeah so vine was very popular with uh black creators back whenever it was back in the day like what five five years ago ago? oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) and vine was awesome and it was free and and just very like joe said no filter um and then it 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 went under no more vine and so all these creators who created these huge uh, audiences now had to go somewhere else and it kind of reminds me a little bit of like TikTok. Mm-hmm. um if you remember last summer uh, i believe uh, the the old administration was threatening to 
bring TikTok down because, well, it was created in China and there's all these. But like if they had gotten rid of TikTok in the United States, imagine all of, you know, indigenous TikTok. That would be mm-hmm. that would go away. So like and then it's just very interesting Twitter and we have Facebook and Instagram, um, how the algorithms are built who they, you know, allow to be seen and, and who, if they start noticing, like, oh, there's a big community uh, th- that we are not really sure we want going. You know, it's just very interesting because the people who are in charge of those platforms are basically l- allowing this content to go out. And, you know, if they decide we don't want TikTok anymore, it could go. So mm-hmm. it's just something to think about. One thing that that I want to make sure that we get to while we have you, Joe, is I know that you were a part of the No Dapple campaign and part of the protests at the Dakota Access Pipeline. And I mean, uh, talk about that for a minute. What was it like being a part of the group that was really there that that caused such a huge movement and support from people who maybe never cared before about um, about anything that mattered to indigenous people, honestly? Um and to bring such attention and light to this issue, it really made such a movement in the minds of many, um, many white people too, who really didn't care before. What was it like being a part of that, of that protest? Take a look back at that time and say, you know, when did things really turn? It wasn't when Prince died. Hey. <laughs> For me, that was a pivotal day. Oh, <laughs> but um, people had a voice and could really stand together. It was a real example in this country that nowadays we need to do this. Yes. And people came to do it. And it wasn't just one group of people. People came from around the world, you know, to stand with us. And we got started with that here, you know, with, with kids, the kids started that they started running. We're going to raise awareness. We don't want this pipeline in the ground. Cause we're all kind of like, what do we do? You know, this thing is happening to us. They could have did this North of Bismarck and now they're doing it to us, you know? So they made that obvious first choice. It wasn't good enough for a white community, dominantly white community, you know, and the capital of North Dakota, but it was going to be okay to put it right North, exactly North, one mile adjacent on our tribal homelands, uh, treaty lands, uh, just north of Cannonball. My wife's from Cannonball. That immediately hit home, you know, all my relatives in Cannonball and, and, and here at home. Um, everyone here was a part of the camp, was a part of, of No Dapple in one way or another, whether you liked it, whether you didn't, everyone went. And what was great about it too was that People from around the world came, so a lot of our kids that would never get to see folks unless they took a trip to Minneapolis of a different color or a different ethnicity got to see folks because they came and they brought people to bring their traditional dance and bring their culture to respect us and respect what was happening. And so they presented themselves in an honorable way and to stand with us and stand for the water. It all focused around that, you know, just a simple thing of protection of the water and our lives that were being so obviously and expressly threatened and still are being threatened by this pipeline going into the river. Um, But that was a real spark. That was a real spark to say, this can happen everywhere else. And so went up the call for all the pipelines that are being built and exactly how many pipelines are are, um, 
in the United States. It's almost like the interstate system, the pipeline system is, is that vast. And so all of the, um, the pipeline breaks and environmental disasters that they cause and people don't have a voice uh, through this, this pipeline construction, even white farmers were against this because they didn't want it to go through their land, but they had eminent domain you know, put upon them and they protested with us as well because they didn't want it either. So it crossed, this issue crossed a lot of different sectors of society, you know, as it, as it went down um, and still does, you know. So I think it was really the clarion call for this day and age to say um, environmental rights, but, you know, the rights of people over profit need to have a, a, a primary voice everywhere and that's where uh, not not to discredit anything else that happened before but this had a certain um, element to it and that was social media you know that was social media so before when Martin Luther King had started to march it was television you know mm -hmm. father and his friends sat down at a Woolworths counter it was newspaper you know newspaper filmed them took a picture of them as they came out of Woolworths and that sparked sparked uh, the movement, uh, one of the larger parts of the civil rights movement, you know, through the South and through the country. So there's something with technology and the timing of things. It just happens, you know, happens to happen that way. And so I think there was a real confluence there, you know, of one, it happening in the first place, two, our kids starting this movement in the runs, and then everybody coming. When everybody first started to come, I was um, I was here, you know, working with Standard Rock Development Corporation, and um, you know, keeping these businesses alive and afloat, and trying to make these things happen. And driving by there, um, started to see people I had not recognized, you know, sitting on a fence line, looking to block bulldozers going in and out of the out of the um, that location. And I was like, oh my, I got to work still but I need to bring something for the kids to eat. Mm, you know? mm -hmm. And so that was my daily bringing stuff in. Everybody started bringing stuff in and then it was, all right, um, what can we do? We stayed all night, you know, all day, all weekend through the holidays. I remember we had Thanksgiving dinner. I was like, okay, great. Let's eat. Everybody's going to the hill. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> gone. You know, my mom was like, what's happening here? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. And she was there with a cigarette. <sighs> what are we doing today? Hobbling <laughs> <laughs> along, you know, and there was so many grandmas there and grand grandpas there, but so many grandmas there, you know, holding it down, feeding people. There was so much work to do. The community that, that came of that, you know, had so many different groups that were there and had, let's say, different agendas, but they had different ways to express how they wanted to protest. Some would be very active, you know, in your face. Um, us here at, at Standard Rock, we were um, of a peaceful protest mind. You know, we're going to stay, make our presence, and 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 it was a prayer camp, etc. And there were folks who wanted to have more direct action, and they went and did. You know, so everyone had their own level that they were acting at. Some agreed with how that was happening. Some didn't agree with how that was happening, but it happened. And um, it was for social media to put out to the world without that filter. Well, I did not, I did not go, but I remember when that was, when that was happening, there was news, it was in the news, but 
it was also what was interesting about that is that there's always kind of like what the news will portray and and report on and and kind of what that was ha what, what's going on here they have reporters video journalists and all that and then you had the people what's actually going on on social media so you had this like two ways of looking at it and then i, I remember everyone was checking into standing rock even if you were um you know, in here in Washington, you would check in because with with Facebook, you don't actually physically have to be somewhere to check to check in. And so all of a sudden, I remember my newsfeed was just flooded with all these people checking in to Standing Rock when they were actually just here in Washington or, or in Oregon or wherever. And what's so funny about that is it's like that was completely viral. I mean, there's no I heard about that before it was in the news. And probably the reason why it was covered in the news was because of all these people, this huge momentum. And when we talk about social media networks and the power of networks, it's like, you know, I, I teach social media at a local community college and I talk to the, my students about it. And, you know, think about myself, if I have 800 friends, right? And those 800 people have 800 friends and those people have 800 friends. And you think about, again, that that is why social media is so amazing and awesome is is that huge momentum can happen overnight so quickly so i, I remember that it was fun that's a great example so one of the last questions i think i want to want to ask before we get into our closing question is um if there are other people, especially through this, let's say this month of April, since we're talking specifically about environmentalism this month, um, who want to use social media as a tool to further the the cause of environmentalism, what kind of advice do you have for people who want to use social media as that tool? Um, what can what can we do to to bring people together and 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 really care for the earth the way that we need to be? is make sure you have a personal relationship with the earth. Make sure that, I shouldn't say make sure, or but explore what is your relationship to those things that are crawling underneath your feet, that are walking next or flying next to or swimming next to your house. What are those insects doing that are around your house? And what's your relationship with them? Are they just something to be disposed of? Or do they have a right to life and the right to live? You know, I mean, I'm one too. I see a roach, I step on it, you know? <laughs> But it's not like, and I'm going to step on everything else in the house and everything else in my yard. I'm going to devoid everything of life, you know, and put what I want to put on there. What's my relationship with the world around me? So I would just, I would, I would ask people to do that first is, is to find out what your relationship with is and grow that relationship, just like you grow a relationship with anyone else. You know, grow that relationship and learn what it's about. Find the beauty and everything that's around because it's all so beautiful. Whenever I get depressed about something a tough, something's tough, I look up or I look out or I look down and, you know, there's, there's Tunkashula, there's God, you know, mm -hmm. that it was this planet and all the things that are so monumental about ants, ants. <laughs> yeah. Oh, these guys have been doing it for millennia <laughs> for millions of years ants have been on the case you know so i mean there's so much to wonder about and respect mm. so you know when we think about this planet we are such a small part of it and we need to remember that because we there won't be anything left for our kids to 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 explore or to wonder about or to have mm. that same feeling you know with that that 
spiritual connection. You know, our spirit is the same spirit that everything has a spirit. You know, all the cows, unfortunately, that are, you know, that are getting slaughtered and eaten on a daily basis, they feel something, you know, they have relationship, they feel pain, they, they, they have that. And so everything does. And we can't just dismiss it and, you know, toss it aside. So when you're putting your social media out there, um, you know, think about that, your relationship and how you want to express that relationship so that we can maintain and build, get through this crap that we're in now so our kids can have a better, a better place to live. We might not see it, you know, mm-hmm. you, all of us, but our kids may see it. Their kids hopefully will get to enjoy a rebuilding of, you know, of a, of a world that has a, a sense of balance with the rest of the world, you know, eat better, feel better, all those things and uh, have better relationships with everything that's here. Mm, that's beautiful, beautiful advice. Not to be kumbaya, but, you know, I'll go out and I'll hunt, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm not killing everything that I see. Mm-hmm. Have that, you know, have that prayer and that respect for what it is that, um, you know, that I kill so that my family can eat and that everything else can eat. And it's, it's that relationship. So anyway. Okay. That's beautiful. Don't be fine. The, the last question. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let me check, let me check you for a second here before I, before I let you go. So I always like to close asking a little bit about our personal relationship with social media. Okay. So it's all well and good for us to spend our time putting out good content into the world and and trying to do good there. But it's a whole nother thing, this this intimate relationship that we have with our devices and and with the social media platform. So so, Joe, how are you doing with social media? How's how's your relationship with social media as a whole? I relay everybody's good stuff. Reset, repost, (laughs) repost. I get messages from you. <laughs> Some people would think that I'm a woman because I'm kicking out a lot of stuff on females. I'm like, yeah, that's good stuff. Yo. You are a wonderful feminist. It makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, there's time times I'll put something out there, but I just try to, I don't know, when I put something out, it's either got to be really beneficial for people's, you know, spirit to help people grow and see a little bit of each other. But I, I love the funny stuff. Hey, you shared one of my posts for the first time, and I was like so honored. I was like, oh my God, he shared something from my channel on his. I was like, yes, I've done something noteworthy. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're going to be like, Joe won't stop. Why don't he create his own stuff? (laughs) Just look out because part of our social media plan for Sage moving forward involves Joe on video talking a lot more good because he's so delightful and kind and uh so yeah we're gonna have a lot of uh, practice joe <laughs> well if if those of you listening want to hear more from joe um every month on the sage power authority facebook page um we put out content about dialogues that joe is often leading um but sage is putting out dialogues at least every month where they're bringing in other people um indigenous a lot of them I I loved the content over the last month that talked about the intersection between the indigenous and black communities Um, so there is consistent content coming out with Joe's sweet sultry voice uh, often leading the conversation um, that 
any of that content is going to help you feel more connected to the earth. It is. And, and, you know, hopefully if we all could feel that a bit more, like, like you say, Joe, then environmentalism even wouldn't have to be a, a conversation, uh, you know, so. It wouldn't be separate from our lives, but upcoming on, on Petui Dialogues, we have the four chairmen of the tribe, you know, that are still here. We lost Jay taken alive um, a few months ago, and he was a very, very powerful, humble, I would say humble, really humble. His humility, his power was, the power was in his humility and his mm. wanting to share our culture and teach. Um, and I have, yeah, I miss him and his wife, you know, they passed away with COVID. He was a chairman. But we have the four other living chairmen, you know, to talk about renewable energy, what, because we've been at this for a long time and, you know, we're really making it happen now. So what occurred then for those guys, you know, to break through to where we are now, what's their hope or what are their, what would they like to see, you know, for development here at Standing Rock? So check out uh, Sage Power Authority on Facebook if you want to follow along with that dialogue and any of the other ones that, that Joe and Adrian are putting together here and the rest of their team over there. Um, any closing thoughts before I wrap us up? I appreciate this time. It's always Good. great to talk with you guys. It's It's been fantastic relationships from, from when we started. I agree. From the very first time, I agree. Yeah. And and we'll have to have you back on the podcast, Joe, when uh, when our social media is even more powerful, bigger. Uh, when we start to take over the world, we gotta you know get your hot take on on how social media is running for you. So I will have been using Rogaine by then. You'd be like, Joe, where did Rogaine come from? Oh my god! Maybe you can be an influencer for Rogaine. We'll get you some some <laughs> some ad dollars. <laughs> All right. Sorry. That's enough of that. <laughs> thank you, Joe, so much for your time. Adrian, thank you so much, of course, as always. And those of you listening, we appreciate you. We hope that you can find ways to feel more connected to the earth, to your brothers and sisters, to the other living beings, to the ants crawling around your bathroom floor. Okay. <laughs> All right. Have a great day, everyone. And we hope that you will keep learning. We will talk to you soon.